What is going on, everybody? I hope you're all having a great day today. This is Alex from the Fresh Fantasy Podcast, and this is the third episode of Season 2. Today, we're going to talk about our top 10 most underrated players based off Fantasy Pro's half PPR ADP. But today, I have a very special guest. Um, This is someone that I've been following for a while now, one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter, and I'm so excited to have him on the show. He is the co-owner of Fantasy Scouts, has a main account to over 10,500 followers on his main account, FF Ball all day on Twitter, has some of the best threads in the business, and one is, the big, is one of the biggest Ronald Jones truthers out there. He's a fan of the Washington football team, and he is Sam Ehrman. What's going on, Sam? What's going on, man? Glad to be here. Yeah, no, you make, I, me sound, you make me sound really important. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you are. I mean, maybe you're not on TV yet where all the cameras are, like on those those big networks. But I, I think that in the Twitterverse, I think you are definitely one of the people that either is a star or is going to be one very soon. Well, I appreciate that. I really hope it pays off at some point. But, you know, I, I also just like the grind. Like, I just enjoy, like, creating the content. Like, something for me is the day that I became, like, I take pride in my work. And I think if you take pride in your work and your content, it makes it a whole heck of a lot more fun. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And uh, with that, let's let's get right into it. So who is your number five most underrated player based on Fantasy Pro's ADP right now? Um, I want to start with LaVisca. Uh, and I say that because if you look, according to Fantasy Pro's ADP, he's going as the wide receiver 44 right now. Um, he's the 113th player off the board. And you saw what he could do as a rookie with Gardner Minshew and really nobody talented around him. Um, Urban Meyer has openly expressed how much he thinks that LaVisca can do for a team, uh, you know, and use him in different sorts of roles, you know, hand the ball off to him screens, um, obviously down the field, you know, regular receiver stuff. So he outproduced that as a rookie, missed a few games. You could see the talent. You could see the explosion. He's in comes Urban Meyer. Here comes a generational quarterback prospect named Trevor Lawrence. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, DJ Chark is probably what you want to consider the alpha. But I think when you're talking fantasy weapons, you want the guy that is more versatile, so the guy that can get the handoffs and you know, the screens and accelerate down the field and those sorts of things. And he's going off the board at wide receiver 44. Like, that is a wide receiver four, and he's somebody who has legitimate wide receiver one upside. The value and the cost for him is astronomical because if he hits even half as what he did last year, you know, improves just a little bit, you're going to have a viable wide receiver two that you paid wide receiver four prices on. Like, imagine going in the seventh round and picking up somebody with that much upside and not having much, if any, risk. I think LaVisca is being drastically underdrafted right now, and you should take advantage of it. Yeah, no, I I absolutely love the LaVisca pick. Um, I think he's someone that's absolutely underrated. I mean, like you said, like, for guys that are going as late, like, I mean, he's going where guys like Deontay Johnson were going before the hype last year. I mean, he was around wide receiver 40. And again, it's not like LaVisca Chanel has to set the world on fire to outproduce his ADP. He just needs to have a solid season. And I totally agree. I think he does have a wide receiver one upside. And again, it's crazy to me that he's going as a wide receiver four right now. And I think he can absolutely produce it. Another guy that I think is definitely going to outproduce his ADP 
is my number five, and that's Melvin Gordon. Right now, Melvin Gordon is the running back 22 right now, which is insanity to me because last year he finishes the RB15. And it's not like he's playing bad. He had 215 carries last year for 986 yards, which is literally 4.6 yards per carry compared to the year prior when he only had 3.8. Last year, he was number 10 in routes run. He was number 13 in route percentage. He was top 15 in evaded tackles with 59 and yards created with 317. 25% of their running back snaps this past year in Philip Lindsay are leaving the offense. That's 118 carries and 14 targets leaving the offense. And not only that, but the fact that Cortland Sutton's coming back, that should open up the offense even more. Jerry Judy's second year, Noah Fant's third year, Drew Locke's third year. I mean, this is an offense that should only go up, and especially with someone like Lindsey that's leaving. That's like we talk about with vacated targets with wide receivers. It's so much that's leaving the offense, and I think there's just so much opportunity for a guy that's going lower than where he even finished last year. What do you think about Melvin Gordon? I like him. I had recently just talked about him on a tweet the other day like i said that you know like people should be talking more about melville gordon because the reality is two years ago he was like a top five dynasty running back startup pick and today you know he's the lead back in denver without any question and he has the talent you've seen it you know what he can do you know who melvin gordon is he's an older player I mean, he's 26, um, but the reality is, you know, you combine that with what you've seen and the lack of talent behind him, and they don't have a ton of draft capital to be spending a draft pick on somebody really high. I think Melvin Gordon is going to be an absolute screaming steal in 2021. Hey, love to hear it. I think the only thing that causes me concern that I know you understand is the fact that this offense might not be good. And and for me personally, I don't like to take guys that usually aren't a part of good offenses, but I think this is an offense that's only bound to improve. And no matter what this offense did last year, he was still the running back 15. So I, I absolutely love him. Who is your number four most undervalued player going into next year? It just changed like 30 seconds ago. Okay. Because I was looking at this tonight. I think this is a typo. But if not, people need to jump on it. I know he had a bad rookie year. I know he was a huge bust. Um, but part of that, you know, was Carson Wentz not being good at football in Philadelphia and getting, you know, all these struggles. Jalen Rager is going off the board at 132 and the wide receiver 51. Wow. I I don't even have anything else to say. Like, he's he, here are guys who are being drafted around him. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. This 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 is real, Marlon Mack. You know, okay, Alexander Madison. I get that pick, but then this is where it gets laughable. Christian Kirk, Todd Gurley, Cole Beasley, Antonio Brown, Keyshawn Vaughn, Austin Hooper. Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, what a joke. I mean, he's basically free. I don't care if you don't like him. I don't care if you don't believe in him. I know he had a bad rookie year, and you know the injury in COVID and quarterback carousel on a bad team like yeah like all the plenty of excuses but he's literally free he's in a, a what is a 11th round pick and his upside is way higher than that yeah they'll probably draft somebody but that's fine because there's no one else viable on that team so he's wide receiver 51 132 off the board i don't even need to say anything else other than that because that's ridiculous 
No, I, I love it. Um, I'm again, we'll, we'll talk about Jalen Hurts later. He's one of my picks. I like him. But again, this is a guy, like you said, that's going in the 11th round and literally has wide receiver two or even potentially wide receiver one upside. I mean, he's going to be probably the 1A receiving option in that offense. And I think with the things or the potential that they have, I think it's pretty unreal at, at what he can do. I mean, stick with wide receivers. My, my number four pick, another guy that I think, like, I, I don't get it. And it, it's probably just a part of fantasy football at this point. Um, is Robert Woods? Robert Woods somehow, Sam, I, I really don't understand, has an ADP of wide receiver eighteen right now. The the reason that I don't get this, and for all you people that know Robert Woods, probably agree with me. He was wide receiver thirteen and half PPR in twenty twenty. He was wide receiver seventeen and half PPR in twenty nineteen. And he was wide receiver 10 and a half PPR in 2018. And he's going as wide receiver 18, which is worse than anywhere he's ever finished. And not only that, he's getting a QB upgrade in Stafford, who's going from uh, a very paltry 7.6 yards per attempt with Goff all the way to 9.2 for Stafford. This is a guy that wants to throw the ball downfield. And not only that, Matthew Stafford's passed for over 4,000 yards in eight of his last nine healthy seasons. Goff has only done it in two of his last four. I mean, I think the. Wide rec- I mean, Robert Woods for me is probably going to be a wide receiver one or really borderline that this year. And I think he's a massive value. Are you a fan of Robert Woods too? Oh, yeah. I love winning championships with Robert Wood on my roster. <laughs> I have a, I've always had a theory about players like Robert Woods. And it's – they're boring. You know, like he's – like he like let's be real. Like Robert Woods is not like the most exciting player in mm-hmm. the NFL. Like you don't – turn on Rams football to watch Robert Woods. But that's why his ADP always drops. Like, the reality is people draft on hype and potential. So that's why, you know, you'll see those guys go ahead of him. But only 12 people can finish as a wide receiver one, obviously. So, you know, he does it because he he's Mr. Slow and steady, consistent sort of guy, you know, never has that issue. And that's why there will always be values. When you draft – like the, the the problem is if you were to draft Robert Woods where he finishes, like if you drafted him, you know, in the third round as the wide receiver 10, that wouldn't be a good value pick. And that's why he falls is because when you're drafting, you want upside and value. If you can get him in the fifth round, that's awesome. And that's usually what happens, but you don't want to draft him in the third round because then he has to be, you know, the top 12 guy. But if you get him cheaper than that and then he finishes, that's a plus. So it's all about value. And I think that's why guys like him always fall. Um, But I do want to segue into that with my next pick. And apparently I'm just on a rookie, you know, second year sophomore (laughs) breakout train or something because Jerry Judy's going on as the 94th player off the board and the wide receiver 38. You know, like if you're on Twitter at all, People are, you know, people left Jerry Judy for dead, but he had 52 receptions for 856 yards and three touchdowns last year. And that is with, you know, Drew Locke coming back after an injury, um, Joe Flacco, and um, man, I don't want to, Kendall Hilton, was that his name? The, yeah. the you know, like practice squad quarterback. <laughs> yep. you know, Kendall so it's like, he did all of that with two quarterbacks and a practice squad wide receiver. You know, like I know Cortland Summit. Cortland Sutton is coming back, but that'll be good for the offense overall. You know, like he'll help extend drives, get more opportunity with more opportunity, you know, players like Jerry Judy get more fantasy points. And that's exactly what you want. Jerry Judy will never 
in his career finished lower than the wide receiver 38. He's too good of a player. He's one of the arguably a top five route runner in the league today. I know he's got an issue with drops. You know, I, I know, I know, I know, but he'll fix that. You know, like if you crucified every player for drops, Devontae Adams wouldn't be on any of your rosters because when he was a rookie, he had the same problem. That's something that I don't really too worry too much about is drops. So Jerry Judy with his ADP, 94 overall, wide receiver 38, coming off of basically a 900-yard season with all of the turmoil that was going on is just crazy to me. I mean, there are guys going around him, Curtis Samuel, James Conner, Naeem Hines, Marquise Brown, Devontae Parker. Woof. What are we doing here, drafters? Like, are you driving? <laughs> I still think, and I know this is the consensus, you know, like over millions and millions of players who, so it averages out. But, like, I think people are still drafting name instead of adapting to talent. And that's maybe why some of these guys fall. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I think that, I mean, you mentioned that drops are obviously not a good thing. But, like, I did I did an episode with Ian Harditz um, a few weeks ago. And, like, he did, like, a, a list of wide receivers that had more than 10 drops in, like, 2012. And they were all, like, pro bowlers. I mean, it seems like the guy, I mean, the guys that are getting all the drops are the guys that are getting so many targets. And again, like you said, the fact that we should hopefully get a full season of Drew Locke, whatever that brings. I mean, that's better than whatever happened last year when Kendall Hinton is playing as your quarterback. So I think that's automatically an upgrade. And again, this guy's going into his year two. I mean, I know that it, it really didn't have an, as much of an effect as we probably thought there was. But even with the COVID season and he didn't have all this time to acclimate, he gets a full off season under his belt and he's going as the wide receiver 38. I mean, like you said, he only has to beat out guys like Curtis Samuel or Marquise Brown or, or Mike Williams or guys like that. I mean, it's not like he has to beat out world beaters to outdo his his ADP. And I think that Jerry Judy is a guy that's absolutely going to do that. What do you think of – off of that Jerry Judy note, he's going right next to Curtis Samuel. What do you think of Curtis Samuel next year? I know this is just a little, little side note. Um, I think – you know, Curtis is a great player, um, and he'll be used kind of all over the field. Um, when Antonio Gibson was drafted, the idea was to use him how Curtis Samuel is going to be drafted. Somebody, somebody, uh, LaVisca Chanel. I mean, like, that's how he'll be used. That's how Antonio Gibson was drafted to be used. But then Darius Geis kind of threw his life away and, you know, those sorts of things. So things changed. But Curtis Samuel will have a LaVisca Chanel, Robert Woods kind of role. And that is, as we've seen, that is fantasy gold. Yeah. So I'm all about it, man. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. Who's your number three most undervalued player right now? Will. Oh, wait. oh, sorry. Oh, yes. My bad. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, did, did you want to go? I mean, uh, no, I, I totally just blanked out for a second. Will Fuller. I know that Miami's going to draft somebody, um, but Will Fuller was brought there for a reason. And I know he, he has the suspension for PEDs um, or whatever it was, but Will Fuller is one of the best wide receivers in the league when he's healthy and on the field. Um, and he's been going off the board at 68 and wide receiver 28. Will Fuller, he'll probably finish around there. Um, because he won't play all 17 games, you know, with the suspension and stuff. But when he plays, he's like, he is one of those guys who's a lock for like 20 points when he's on the field. Like when Robert or when Will Fuller is on the field, like 
you just know he's going like, to – he doesn't ever ghost you. Like, even when DeAndre Hopkins was the alpha in Houston with him, he always performed. He always will. Like, he's a fantastic, fantastic football player. He's one of the best, like, wide receivers. But, you know, with him, there's, you know, the, the, the baked-in stuff. You know, what I'm talking about with the injury, the suspension, can to a play. I mean – I think Tua will be fine. You know, I don't think he's going to be as high of a ceiling as what people want, but he'll be, he could be a franchise quarterback. I don't have any doubt about that. So, you know, where you draft him compared to the value and cost versus the upside, that's like what I preach the most on our episodes of the podcast and this sort of things is cost versus value versus upside. You know, Will Fuller hit checks all those boxes because you want a guy with astronomical upside with minimal risk compared to where you're drafting him for the value. So you should be auto smashing Will Fuller at that late in the draft and even seventh, eighth rounds because he'll give you more than that. Yeah. One one question for you though: Does it can would it sorry would it concern you or will it concern you more? If the Dolphins take someone like Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase with the sixth pick in the draft this year, does that affect where you're going to take Will Fuller at all? No, but I'll tell you what it will do. It'll push him farther down on ADP, making him an even better value. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is his role is safe. You're Right now with Will Fuller, you are projecting they bring in somebody at six. Yep. So whether it be Kyle Pitts, whether it be, you know, one of Tua's Alabama teammates, you know, Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase, I mean, it doesn't matter. You're projecting that. Like you're like you're getting him right now, assuming he's the alpha. But the best part is after the draft, his ADP will drop. And that's how you create even better values. Like there are guys on this list who are going to lose their jobs in the draft. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. I don't want to take shots at any players, but I mean, the guys will lose their job in the draft because, you know, that's what happens. And that'll push other players down when people are creating rookie hype. So if you're getting Will Fuller, you know, just looking here, like 94th overall, right by Jerry Judy, are you not ecstatic? Yeah, no, seriously, I, I would be. Yeah, I mean, because you'd be getting him right about the wide re- wide receiver thirty seven. Yeah, and the odds are when he when the draft happens and Miami drafts somebody six overall to catch footballs, people are gonna be like, "Oh, Will Fuller, you know, he's a dead man walking." Let's you know, let's push him down the draft board because you got to make room for all these rookies who are getting hype. So naturally, when you add more people to a pool, other people have to fall. Like when you're doing rankings, that's what happens. Will Fuller will fall. I can guarantee it. Will Fuller's ADP will drop. So right now, if you're drafting, well, you shouldn't be drafting before the NFL draft anyways, but wait wait on Will Fuller. Wait for his ADP to go down because it's going to go down. So you auto smash that even harder. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that he's going to be a fantastic value, and I'm looking forward to the draft to just decrease his value even more, which will make him more of a buy for me. Um, and I think that there's a guy actually coming on the podcast later this week, a DF Bean Counter. I think I know you know who he is, Drew Ozenchuk. Yeah. Is that is that his name? Um, I don't and, know his last name, but him and I have had our round and rounds on Twitter. Like I have a lot of respect for the guy. Um, we our processes are totally different, and you know, like I'm more film based with some analytics, and he's all analytics, and you know, 
some head button there with prospects and stuff, but I mean, he's a good guy. I mean, um, and I think he'll, he'll be a great guest for you as well. Yeah. So yeah. And I, I totally agree. I think he's awesome. And I think he did um, something recently saying that he thinks Tua is going to be fine and Tua is much better than people make him out to be. And I think that would give me a lot of confidence in Will Fuller. Another thing that's going to give me a lot of confidence, Sam, are you, are you ready to have your mind blown when I talk about this number three for me? Let's hear it. Well, my number three, and especially after I did my last podcast, I did some more digging, took my shovel out and you know went into the backyard and dug some more. And I found that Chris Carson is probably one of the most undervalued players in all of fantasy football for me. And that is because he is running back 21 in ADP right now. In 2018, he was the running back 15. In 2019, he was the running back 11. And in 2020, he was the running back 17 in only 12 games. People love to talk about how much he's been injured and this guy's injury prone. Over the last three years, he has only missed seven games. The average NFL starting running back misses 2.7 games a year. And over the last three years, he's only missed 2.3. But the biggest reason that Chris Carson is a value is because people think that Rashad Penny is going to come in and take so many snaps from him or the or just take a lot of work away. But the reality is he's just not. Because last year, Chris Carson played 12 games. In those 12 games, in 9 out of 12, he played less than 60% of the snaps. Less than 60%. In those other three games that he didn't, he only played 63%, 63%, and 70% of the snaps. It's not like unless Rashad Penny is sent from God himself and is going to all of a sudden take over the entire backfield. Chris Carson's still going to get a lot of work. Chris Carson was the RB 17 last year playing only 38% of their total running back snaps. And in the games that he played in, right? The 12 games that he played in, he only played in 50.5% of the snaps in games that he played in. People are thinking that Rashad Penny is going to take so much value away but he's only playing about 50% of the snaps and he's still playing as a borderline RB one when he's healthy. I think Chris Carson's a massive value. Are you in on Chris Carson? Um, I do like Chris Carson, but boy, am I glad you went first because I was thinking about making Rashad Penny one of my value guys. Look, look, I, I like Chris Carson. I think he's one of the most underrated disrespected players in the league. Um, but and this is where I have, you know, those questions. And Rashad Penny is a really good football player. I agree. You know, he's always produced. His problem is injuries. And, you know, you know, 2019 was – yeah, it was 2019 when he tore his ACL. Him and Chris Carson, you know, were annoyingly like a 50-50 split. And Rashad Penny was more of your dynamic game-changing back. And they loved Rashad Penny up there. They loved, they loved Chris Carson. Um, 2020, obviously, he is recovering from the torn ACL and makes his appearance late in the year, but he's not 100%. So you don't like, you're really not looking at 2020 because he played three games and got like six carries, you know, and it was just kind of like, hey, you're healthy. That's cool, sort of thing. But I do think Rashad Penny's going to have a role. I think Rashad Penny's a very good football player. For him, it really depends on how healthy he is. And reports are, and, you know, always take reports are for what they're worth. But he's, they say that he looks great, looks looks better than he ever has. You know, and 
I think, how do I say this? I think he has a bigger role than what people want, but I think it's not because they don't like Chris Carson. I think it's because they want to keep both of them healthy. They, they like both of them. They're, both of them are very good football players. But obviously, I think with the Chris Carson re-signing, the guy you want is Chris Carson. And his ADP, you know, he's always a value. He's like the Robert Woods of running backs. You know, he's a producer when he's on the field. You know, he gets the work for the most part. You know, it'll be kind of annoying to see him pulled for Rashad Penny. But I think Pete has an ego problem where he still kind of wants Rashad Penny to pan out. But I think at this point, you know, it's kind of living on thin ice. But I do agree with you that um, Chris Carson at his ADP is a fantastic value. Yeah, and the thing is, though, like I like Rashad Penny. I mean, over over his 161 career carries, he's averaging over five yards a carry, which is fantastic. But but the thing is, is I don't think anyone is sitting here expecting Rashad Penny or is going to be okay. He's going to be the one A in that backfield. That's never going to happen. And Chris Carson, when healthy, has been an RB1 playing less than 60% of snaps in over 75% of the games. That's the biggest thing is people can be the biggest Rashad Penny truthers in the world, but unless you believe that he is going to take over this backfield as the 1A, Chris Carson is a value because he plays last year 75% of the games and he was basically an RB1 in that 75% of the games. Um, I fully believe in Chris Carson going into next year. All right, so going off of Chris Carson, Sam, who is your number two most undervalued player based on their ADP right now? Um, Deontay Johnson. Yes. Um, I don't know. Yes, I don't yes, know yes. I, I, there's something about the way he plays. Like, I know he's got a, somewhat of a drops issue. And I came out last year. It was like April, and I said I'd much rather have Deontay Johnson than Juju Smith-Schuster in um, Dynasty and – you know, people flame me for it, but people don't project forward. You know, they live in the moment. And I'm always projecting forward. And Deontay Johnson, I know this is – how do I say it? you, you got to tread lightly. But he reminds me so much of Antonio Brown. Um, he's an absolute route technician. He's always open. He kills you with the yak. He – is a lock next year for 100 receptions, an absolute lock. Like, he is one player that I can almost guarantee will catch 100 footballs. He had almost 90 this past year and missed three games. Um, you know, he the passing game runs through him. You know, they understand, hey, this guy's really good at football. Let's get the ball in his hands. Um, he's going off the board at 48 and the wide receiver 21. That's, that's not horrible value. Obviously, his upside is much more than that. Um, but – you know, he's going into his third year. He's got Big Ben who leans on him in the slot, knows that he can get open, knows he knows where to go um, and how to get there. You know, he can make the deep ball play. He can make the short run underneath route. He can thrive in the screen game. And he's a target machine. So his upside is so much more than that. And I just – I know Twitter hates him, but Twitter hates everybody who's good at football for some reason. So – you know, auto smash Deontay in the fourth and fifth round. It, that is just, that's amazing. I mean, it really is. Like, I love seeing that sort of value. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Deontay. Um, people that, that follow me and, and know me know that I am as big of as a De, um, Deontay lover as there is. 
But there, there is one thing that I, I have to beg to question, okay? So Deontay finished as the wide receiver 23 last year overall in half PPR. Yeah, he, I mean, he played in 15 games, but in reality, he only played like 12 or 13. So let's, I mean, project him up to, to be like, I don't know, let's say the wide receiver 15 or 16, right? Would you, would you agree with that? I mean, I think he could be much higher, but no, yeah, no, we can go for last year. I'm just talking about for safe. last year. So yeah. yeah, I mean, he could have been a lot higher. So yes, he can. But the only thing that I have to say about, I know Twitter hates him. I love Deontay, but he had 144 targets last year. I mean, I mean, realistically, how much higher can his target ceiling get as much as the offense flows through him? I love Deontay. I'm just asking. Oh, well, I don't want to say project forward with the same amount of targets because I think they want to run the ball more. But, you know, 144 targets in I like basically 13 games. You know, so if you would project forward for 17 at that pace, you're probably looking at like 170. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think very comfortably next year, I could say he'll get 140 targets in 17 games, which, you know, is still a lock for roughly 100 receptions, 1,200 yards, and however many touchdowns. And, you know, to have a guy who's tied to Big Ben in the slot has been, as you've seen over the years, fantasy gold. And he is somebody who can – really take the league by storm and I believe that. I believe in the talent. I believe in what I see and I believe what the Pittsburgh Steelers say. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, no, I, I love Deontay and I think that a lot of good things are to come. Another guy that I think is definitely going underrated with a lot of good things to come is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is actually the wide receiver 32 in ADP right now, which is just madness to me. And when Joe Burrow got hurt this past year, he was wide receiver 17 through week 11 when like and that was after they had their when they had their bye week anyway. Tyler Boyd was wide receiver 23 in 2019, wide receiver 17 in 2018. This is the second year of Joe Burrow plus potentially getting someone like Penny Sewell in the draft or they get a pass catcher like Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, but the biggest thing Sam is there are 194 vacated targets. You can bring in Kyle Pitts. You could bring in Jamar Chase, but those guys are not going to take 194 targets. That's just insane to me of how much, more, how many more targets Tyler Boyd can get. So whatever he got last year, which is 110 total targets, I think he can totally surpass. And I think this guy is a legitimate wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside, especially if they bring in Penny Sewell instead of Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. But even if they don't, there's 194 vacated targets. That is so many that can go Tyler Boyd's way next year. And I think that legitimately he could be a wide receiver one. And the fact that he's going as wide receiver 32, whether they draft Chase or Pitts or not, is just an insane value. Please tell me you are in on Tyler Boyd going into next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm in. Um, but Tyler Boyd is one of those guys that I've never owned a share of, and I probably never will. Um, like, I, he is... Robert Woods 2.0, the guy you always draft and he always outperforms his ADP. But there's something about Tyler Boyd. I just, I just never seem to be in a place to draft him. Like I'm always, I don't know. I mean, like I've, I never had a share of um, Tyler Boyd and it's not that I don't like him. I do. Um, but I, you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they plan on doing a draft. I know what they should do it during the draft. And that should be to make sure Joe Burrow stays upright, which would create, you know, that wide receiver one you're talking about. Um, 
but I just the he he falls because it's the same thing with Robert Woods. So that's kind of where you're at with that. And somebody who's always going to outperform the ADP. So I mean, you might as well take him there because it's very doubtful that he'll ever underperform. So I'm all about it. I just personally don't like ever own Tyler Boyd, and it's not because I don't want to. It's just it never seems to work out that way. And that's that's crazy to me, especially when you're saying I mean, he really is Robert Woods 2.0. And the fact like that, I mean, I, I would argue that you should definitely find a way to get some of him on your team, especially if he's going around wide receiver 30 next year when he's never finished lower than 23 over the last couple of years. And again, the biggest reason that I was on guys like Calvin Ridley or Chris Godwin in previous years was those vacated targets. And when there's 194 I mean, the sky is the limit for this guy no matter what happens, and I think that he is an absolute value. So, But that's just me. But, again, I mean, do what you please. But, man, I'm telling you, try out some Tyler Boyd because, again, you like your winning championships with Robert Woods. Try some of both of those guys together. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. So, All but, right. Yeah, the, big, the biggest question – sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. The biggest uh, question I have for you, Sam Ehrman. Who is your number one most undervalued player based on their ADP in all of fantasy football right now? I, I, I had my list down, and I'm looking at the list, and I just feel like there's guys I've, I've got to like give an honorable mention to. Go because for it. Like, Do it. And I hope I don't step on your toes. Nope. I don't remember who your Not most number one guy is. Um, you mentioned earlier in the show that I'm a Ronald Jones truther. Yep. Um, I believe with him being as the wide receiver 27 off the board, that's a value. Um, I think with him and Leonard Fournette, it'll be a nightmare um, for fantasy, which is really annoying along with, you know, they just brought in Giovanni Bernard. So free Ronald Jones. Um, I was going to say Leonard Fournette because he's going as the RB 31. And I think it's one of those two guys. One of those two guys will be the lead back. The other one will play, you know, the curtain and then Giovanni Bernard will be the third, the third down back. Um, and another person I want to talk about before I get to my criminally underrated guy is um, Cortland Sutton. I want to talk about him. Yeah, go for it. Um, I, I know I talked about Jerry Judy, but Cortland Sutton is like the the oil that makes that engine go. And he's going as the wide receiver 30, um, 74 off the board. And he legitimately has top 10 upside. Um, and I think people are forgetting how good he is, you know, um, when somebody tears your ACL that early in the year, uh, you kind of slip him to the back of the mind. But you know, now I'm going to transition to my number one most underrated player. And it's not exciting. And people are going to be like, wow, all this for nothing. But Robbie Anderson. Ooh, I love it. The wide receiver 36, 88 off the board overall. And I know he's not the most flashy player, but he's he fits right in with the Tyler Boyd, Robert Woods of the world. Somebody who's going to finish with over a thousand yards, eighty receptions, a handful of touchdowns. He gets he gets a quarterback upgrade. I don't care what Twitter thinks about Sam Darnold. Like I really do not care. I'm viewing Sam Darnold as a prospect because Adam Gase is not an NFL head coach. You know, people always say, you know, Adam Gates ruins careers, but then completely ignore the fact that Sam Darnold was stuck under him since he came in the league. Sam Darnold is an upgrade with Matt Rule compared to Teddy Bridgewater. 
and you're getting Robbie Anderson for literally free, and he's going to give you 80 receptions, 1,000 yards, a handful of touchdowns. You can lock that in and call it a home run, and you can set him on your bench as your wide receiver four for your wide receiver five, a deep flex play, and win leagues. That's how you do it. Like Robbie Anderson is the definition of a value with upside, and you should auto-smash. So Robbie Anderson is my number one most underrated, underdrafted, disrespected player right now. I yeah I love it. Um, go ahead, do if you have something. Okay. What's up? No, yeah, sorry, I didn't know if you were finished. Um, oh, no, 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 no. I I absolutely love Robbie Anderson. I mean, this is a guy that was the wide receiver twenty four um, at the end of last year, and a guy that I think will only take a step forward in a much better offense without Sam. I mean, without Adam Gase. And the thing is, I mean, for now, again, for even if you didn't like Sam Darnold, you could say, okay, well. Teddy Bridgewater is still there. And I mean, even if Sam Darnold is absolutely terrible next year, there's Teddy Bridgewater is still right there right now to help out with Sam take over for Sam Darnold. If Robbie Anderson doesn't play. So I think no matter what, no matter what anyone says about their quarterback situation, he is a value. And the fact that people are hating on him right now, and he's at wide receiver 36, just blasphemous to me. When he could legitimately be a top 10 wide receiver next year, I absolutely love Robbie Anderson. But, Sam, I, I love Robbie Anderson, but not as much as I love my number one guy, Jalen Hurts. I'm not using him because he, he is my flag plan. I've talked about him in my first episode this season. But Jalen Hurts is going as the QB 11 right now. And people forget that. In two of his three regular season starts last year, he passed for over 330 yards um, in two out of those three starts. He averaged 79 rushing yards per game in those three starts. And the biggest thing that people are missing about Jalen Hurts that I don't think goes it goes untalked about too much is their, their offensive line. I mean, two of their starting offensive linemen, their left tackle and their right guard, didn't even play last year because of injuries. One of them was Brandon Brooks, who was an all-pro in 2019 and a three-time Pro Bowler. The second was Andre Dillard, who was a first-round pick in 2019. And then not only that, Sam, but their right tackle, Lane Johnson, who had been a Pro Bowler for the previous three years, only played seven games. I mean, look how linemen affected Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It's crazy, and I think that this still offense, this offense does have some talent, especially with guys like Jalen Rager, who's going super undervalued right now, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, the 12th pick in the draft, who I expect them to take a wide receiver or some, side of, or some sort of offensive weapon, and I think there's still an outside chance that Zach Ertz returns. I mean, the fact that Jalen Hurts going as QB 11 right now is just criminally underrated for me, and I think just because of his rushing upside alone, he is hands down going to be a top – 10 quarterback and I think that he has QB1 overall upside similar to that Lamar Jackson Kyler Murray model that's been followed for the last two years please 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 tell me you like Jalen Hurts oh yeah dude our whole fantasy scouts um crew has been on with him since he came in the league um Matt Nine my co-owner of the fantasy scouts was one of the first guys to from what I saw, so I mean, obviously, doesn't mean to guarantee, but was one of the first guys to hop on the next, you know, bandwagon when he's coming out last year and leads Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is like fantasy scouts gold. I mean, like the guys love him. 
Um, I'm excited to see what he does in year two. I do think the Eagles as a team will be really bad, but I hope Jalen Hurts flourishes and succeeds so they don't have to draft a quarterback. Um, Because 2021, I'm looking at as his audition, but I think he's good enough that it won't matter. Yeah, no, I I love him. Do you have a Super Bowl prediction for next year? Yeah, it's not a very exciting one. It's probably, for me, Tampa Bay and then – I'll, I'll do like my AFC and NFC championship game too. Um, I think we'll see a rematch of probably the Packers and Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers will win. And then probably a, a rematch of the AFC championship game as well. The Bills and Chiefs. I think those are the two be- four best teams in the NFL. I think there's a kind of like a gap between them. And I think you will see a rerun of the 2021 Super Bowl with the uh, Bucks and Chiefs. I love it. I that is also my Super Bowl prediction, and I have I have Tom Brady winning his eighth ring. Maybe it's because I'm a Patriots fan, and I will always forever root for Tom Brady. But man, every time people doubt him, he seems to come back. So maybe I shouldn't be rooting for him because that's when he seems to win Super Bowls. But I digress. Sam, the final question I have for you today, my favorite question. I'm going to say it all years, but I'm going to ask every single guest I have on this podcast is what is their flag plant. For my listeners that know and for the people that don't know, the bold prediction, I mean, sorry, the flag plant is the boldest prediction that you have this season that will come true. Break down why, example, that mine is Jalen Hurts will be the overall QB1. Sam, what is your flag plant for the 2021 season? Um, I will come out and I posted on Twitter a few weeks ago and I took a ton of shit for it. Um, it angered a lot of people and you know, people hopped in my DMs and were not happy about it. And I don't know why, because a year ago, this guy was the consensus, without a doubt, number one wide receiver. Michael Thomas posts a 130 reception, 1,400 yard, 7, 8, 9, 10 touchdown season with Jameis Winston slinging the rock and reclaims his title as the wide receiver one for Dynasty. Ooh, even with Taysom Hill or famous Jameis? Yeah, I think Jameis Winston's going to be really, really good. I don't think t- I agree. Taysom Hill is not going to be a starting quarterback. I don't think anybody believes that. I, um, I sure as heck don't. It's going to be Jameis. They love Jameis. They brought him back. They said since day one, you know, that they wanted Jameis not to go anywhere. You know, Drew Brees even said, hey, this is your team. I think Jameis is going to sling it and let it rip. And I think Michael Thomas eats next year. I love it. That's a great take. That, that is a really good hot take. I, I absolutely hope that happens. And I, I see it. I think if Jameis takes over, I think that Michael Thomas is a definite top three wide receiver for me next year, um, draft-wise. And I think that he is going to be super underrated, um, especially with Emmanuel Sanders gone. I mean, Jared Cook gone. I think there's, again, like we talked about, vacated targets. And, hey, Thomas is going to eat next year. So I love it. And that – is it. So is there anything you're working on and you want the viewers to know um, or listeners to know going into next week and beyond any, anything you're working uh, on? You know, not a whole lot. I mean, like you introduced us. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm on there FF ball all day. Um, if you want to check out our website, it's ffballallday.com or the patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts. Um, I mean, 
my DMs are always open if you want to ask questions or get input on anything. I mean, it takes me a while to get back to everybody because, you know, a lot of people want help, but that's what I'm there for. Um, you know, I do it as a hobby and something I enjoy. So if you want me, come find me. I love it. I love it. Well, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it was absolutely a blast to have you. And again, especially as someone that is a fan of your content, I can't wait to see you grow um, and continue to wow this fantasy community. So keep up the good work. But that is it for today. Um, if you're listening and you still made it this far, please leave a review. You guys already know what to do. And I hope you all have a great rest of your day.